Well, it's another Saturday, which means it's Saturday Fantasy Baseball. And it really is time to get ready for the next season in fantasy. And there's lots of drafts going on, I know, early. So, welcome aboard, everybody. We're just going to go ahead and wait for the sound to come through in the chat room. And you know how that rolls. Eddie Heckman. Okay, I'll say hi to all of you people here in one moment, as soon as you can hear me. But, uh, yeah, we have lots of tidbits today. We talk about Jordan Hicks becoming a starter. And we have a genius of the day question for everybody. As soon as we get some sound coming through the chat room, we will go ahead and get started. The chat room is talking about the Kansas City Chiefs tonight and uh, how what the weather is going to be like. Really bad weather across the country. And uh, Say hi to Leonard. Leonard. I'm, I'm busy. Oh, he's busy. Forgive me. He's very busy. He's a very busy man, you know. He's a very busy man. So I'd like to get started, and I'm just waiting for the sound to come through, so... This is always a good time to talk about the happy hour, which comes on Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m., but they're going to have a special this Tuesday. So um, go ahead and, and tune into the happy hour. It's a great live sports show. It's got Taco and Hap as the hosts, and they interact great with the chat room on Twitch. You can also catch them here at com forward slash live. But where the action is, is at Twitch, at the Happy Hour SC channel. Um, We do love promoting King Hap. The show is excellent. They do a lot of different sports, and so we like to talk about them and give them their just dues. It's a fun time, had by all. And the sound is good. Great to see everybody. We got to tell them in the chat. Okay, good. Danny Fuller tells us and it's all good. And I'll just do a little emoji thumbs up real quick. Oh, I'm not signed in. Let me sign in because I got to I got to be able to interact with the chat room here. So we'll sign in using Google. Bam. Oh, I'm Andrea today instead of Roto Lady. Okay, everybody. Let me get back to the chat room. And I am signed in and we're ready to go. Let me say hi to all of you. Thank you so much for joining me on this Saturday morning. King App, I was just advertising your show. Tell me what you're doing on Tuesday. I remembered you have a special show coming up the Tuesday and I forgot who you said was going to be on. So go ahead and let me know in the chat room and I'll direct everybody that listens to my podcast to your show because it really is great. We don't advertise for people unless we love it, which we do for King Hap. And uh, congratulations to Taco for winning the Fantasy Football League. That's pretty good. I bet King Hap just hated it when he gets all this, all of his, all of his uh, shit talking comes back to him because he did it to Taco all season long, and then he had to do a show with him and congratulate him on his wins. Okay, it's Dan Henderson, MMA legend, coming up this Tuesday night. And don't forget, the happy hour is on every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. He also does a show on Thursday night with Beantown Bad Boy. And that's a great show, too. So you should go find him on Twitch. Happy Hour SC is their channel. 
Great group of people there. Very interactive. They play games. And let me tell you, you can't lose going to that show because the best thing, he gives out free swag when you win stuff. And the swag is not junk. It is very comfortable and very good swag. And we love it. We get packages and we love wearing it. So, uh, let's get started on the baseball stuff. There's a big football game today. The Kansas City Chiefs against... The Dolphins, it's going to be negative 20 degrees down there. So King Turd is here to let everybody know that these fans better be cautious driving or they're going to probably, they're going to have some problems. Marilyn Mitchell are here. Great to see the brothers, the twins, Marilyn Mitchell. Rotorius, nice to see you. SM King Turd. Who else is here? I can't see down past that. Well, we have Malpal King App, J.R. Matz, George with the flip phone. George finally got a phone. Right, Timothy, Tim, Timothy Hooker is here. Great to see you. Big Al is here. Boston Paul. Big Al, Boston Paul, Danny Fuller, Eddie Heckman. Happy anniversary to you and Teresa. And J- James K., Tommy Johnson, James the Matz family. We love Danny, Moose, and Mikey. Great to see you all. All right, so the Atlanta Braves signed, well, they didn't assign, but they extended uh, their president of baseball operations, you know, and general manager. It's one job there, Alex Anthopoulos. He will be with the Braves through 2031. Doesn't it seem like it's so far away, 2031? He does a great job for the Atlanta Braves, so that's why I wanted to point that out. Good job, extending one of the best assets now of course you have to rely on the players to do their job but the Atlanta Braves are definitely going to give the Dodgers a run for their money now we have a genius of the day get ready for this one the last MLB pitcher to throw a no hitter and hit a home run in the same game be cautious of your first instinct on this one it's not the right answer Rotorius wants to know if the Yankees are going to sign Blake Snell too. Well, I heard that Blake Snell turned down an offer from the Yankees. I can't remember the data points at the moment. We have Jordan Hicks, okay? Not only is Jordan Hicks talked about as a bullpen closer, but they say he's going to be stretched out to be a starter. We'll talk about him um, as we move on, but first... Good morning to Arnie. Great to see you. Thanks for coming to Saturday Fantasy Baseball. James K. says it's definitely still snowing in Wisconsin, and I know that. I was talking to Boston Paul this morning. He stayed home from work yesterday, both him and Diana. And um, just cuddling in the in the warm blankets, I would say, if you don't have to go outside, you just stay inside. So this is the this is the genius of the day. I'll go ahead and repeat it real quick before we move on. Oh, Boston Paul says he has a guess. He says Lewis How do you say his name? Tiant. No. It's not it. Zach Granke is not it, but such a good guess by James K. That's for sure. That's a great guess, right? King Hap is asking Lenny if the Red Sox are going to sign Babe Ruth and Cy Young and get back into the AL East race. 
yeah, the you know the you know I'll I have some tidbits about the Red Sox, so stay tuned. Let's talk about Jazz Chisholm real quick. I love following Eric Cross. I want to give him all the credit in the world because he really gets me thinking. He's one of the best follows on Twitter. You can find him at Eric Cross 04. He put up a, a tidbit about Jazz Chisholm in his last 624 plate appearances, 251 batting average, 89 runs, 33 homers, 96 RBI, 34 stolen base. This is this reminds me of somebody else that we're going to talk about today also. I want you guys to tell me, who does this remind you of when I let you know that those last 624 plate appearances were two seasons combined, right? So if you look at his full a full season of a bats for Jazz Chisholm, he's an excellent fantasy guy. 251 batting average, 33 homers, 34 steals, 89 runs, and 96 RBI. But you have to remember that is two seasons combined. And the first name that comes to mind is Byron Buxton, right? Byron Buxton is exactly like Jazz Chisholm. And we are going to talk about Buxton because as I've spoken a million times before, Buxton changes in ADP bigly from season to season. And the interesting thing is that he could, he pretty much does the same thing every season, which is Jazz Chisholm it because he's out constantly. In 2023, Jazz Chisholm missed time with turp toe, an oblique strain, and a hamstring strain. He did get off-season surgery to fix his turp toe, but... His dual eligibility is gone for now, right? So what we had going into last season, he's only qualified at second base now because he will not be playing outfield. Center field position. So I do think that he will... Who knows where they'll put him? He's Marlin, right? And the constant talk about the Marlins trading away guys like Luzardo, Jazz Chisholm. They just lost Solaire. So it'll be interesting to see how the Marlins enter the season. And you're right, Big Al. Jazz Chisholm and Byron Buxton are both made of glass. And that is true. We're going to talk about Trey Turner also today, Rotorius. He says he has Chaz, Jazz Chisholm as a keeper with Garrett Cole, Trey Turner, and Bobby Witt in his home league. Yes, Witt is one, going to be one of the better players for sure. Jim Longbird is not the answer. So let me go ahead and repeat the genius of the day since we have a couple new people in the chat room since I said it. It's the last pitcher... In MLB to throw a no-hitter and hit a home run in the same game. Okay? And as I mentioned, which you all have followed my advice very carefully, your first instinct on this is not the correct answer. Of course, Boston Paul Otani is not right. Um... Let's see here about Jazz Chisholm. Last year, 19 homers, 22 stolen bases, 51 RBIs, and 50 runs. Number 52 ADP. So, are you willing to draft Jazz Chisholm 52nd overall? 
this is one of the so we love Rotowire. I can't compliment Rotowire.com enough for all of the tools that they provide to their subscribers. You cannot get a better, and there's a lot of good ones out there. But I do like to let you know that we do not get paid to plug Rotowire. We do subscribe every year since it started, and we both. Lenny doesn't like when I give away that. But the truth of the matter is, Rotowire has all the tools you need. And every player comes with three different rankings. The ADP, the Dynasty rank, and the overall rank. When you see a guy like Jazz Chisholm, whose ADP is 52, but his overall rank is 103, you got to ask yourself, ADP does not remind, this is a reminder, ADP does not mean how good the player is. It means what the market is willing to pay for Jazz Chisholm. And when you see this, he's going at 52. His overall rank is 103. Obviously, you have to question whether or not he's being drafted too soon. And all of this ADP matters is... Are you willing to pay more than the guy is going to be worth? Okay. Now, Arnie, of course, right? Arnie, we missed you and your knowledge of baseball. Arnie is back. And, of course, he got the genius of the day. The answer to the question is Rick Wise, 1971, the last guy to throw a no-hitter and hit a home run in the same game. And not only that, but he hit two home runs in that game. All right, moving on. Yes, in the same game, okay, people? All right, welcome back, Arnie. Leonard Donaldson, great to see you. Let's talk about Robert Stevenson a little bit. He's a free agent. He's a 30-year-old right uh, relief pitcher. He's 363 ADP, but I bring him up because there was a a little tidbit on X. Mike Curland gave me this one. Among all pitchers with at least 50 innings pitched last year, Robert Stevenson ranked first in O-swing, 43%, first in overall contact, 53.6%, first in swinging strikes, 24.8%, First in CSW, 40.6%, and fourth in Z contact, 73.5%. Still, here's the thing. The reason that I looked him up is because of that tweet. But in April, well, first of all, he started the season on the injured list with Pittsburgh. He got traded to Tampa Bay and also had a pitch mix change. Okay, he implemented a cutter that was absolutely devastating to opposing hitters. It was one of the best pitches in all of baseball. Generated, Mal Pal, you're going to love this, 59.9% whiff rate, second highest in the league among all pitch types. And it helped him generate a career best 38.8% strikeout rate, 24% swing and strike percentage, and 30.4% strikeout minus walk ratio. Strikeouts minus walks. K minus BB. Maybe that's just a strike, throwing strikes. Anyway, 
I don't look at that stat very often, but I know Malpal does. It was 30.4%. It was the second best among qualified relievers. His breakout season and career best ratios, including a .88 whip, a 310 ERA, and he's a free agent. So look, he's a reliever, so I'm not going to tell you and get you all hyped up on this guy. He's going 363 ADP, and if this guy gets a chance... First of all, we know he's going to sign because those numbers, there is a team out there that's going to want him. Now, depending on where he signs, he could be a closer. So if you want to take a chance on someone in the very last rounds of your draft, you have a potential closer in Robert Stevenson who changed his pitch mix and was very successful once he went to Tampa. All right, moving on. You have six hitters. This is another one from Eric Cross, okay? Six hitters have averaged 25-plus home runs and 25-plus stolen bases per 650 plate appearances over the last three seasons. Now, this is a minimum of 600 plate appearance, but you have the normal characters on this list. Ronald Acuna Jr., Fernando Tatis, Julio Rodriguez, Jazz Chisholm, Jose Siri. And another one guy here named Jake Fraley. Jake Fraley, 28-year-old, Cincinnati Red, ADP 279, doesn't even have a rank overall. And the problem with this guy is that he is a strict platoon hitter, so he doesn't get to go up against lefties. But let me tell you something. There's been guys in the past that have been platoon players, but the amount of, first of all, when you're not hitting against lefties, it's not that big of a difference because you only face lefties like 25% of the time, if that, in baseball, if that. So the guy stole 21 bases. That's really his biggest asset, Jake Fraley's stolen base potential, but he also hit 15 homers. Now, he only had four starts and 41 plate appearances against left-handed pitching all seasons, but he still hit 268 with a 348 on base percentage. As I said, his asset mostly is his ability to steal bases. He gets on base, though. That's the good thing because he... He's done a better job of being aggressive within the strike zone and adding nearly 12 percentage points to his Z-swing percentage in the strike zone over the past two years. So this is what we're saying. He can steal bases. He can hit home runs. He is a platoon guy. I told you he does not have an overall eight, uh, ranking, but I'm, I think he's a guy that you should put on your list as somebody who, at the very final stages of your draft, is going to steal you 20 bases. He's going 279, which means he's not even being drafted in some leagues. And yes, J.R. Matz brings up the Reds platoon the heck out of guys, and it drives him crazy. This is our resident Cincinnati Reds insider talking here. Don't even attempt to teach young guys to hit same-handed pitchers and grow. They just platoon them instead. I just thought it was interesting when I saw Jake Fraley's name on this list. 
Now, remember, these are the guys who have averaged 25-plus homers and 25 stolen bases per 650 plate appearances over the last three seasons. You got guys like Acuna, Tatis, Julio, Chisholm, Jose Siri, and Jake Fraley on the list. Now, of course, you knew this was coming. The California State Controller asks Congress to close the loophole that's going to allow Otani to save $98 million in taxes. You know, these commies in California, they can't stand it if people make too much money. So, you know, this is the controller, Malia Cohen, quote, the absence of reasonable caps on deferral for the wealthiest individuals exacerbates income inequality and hinders the fair distribution of taxes. I would urge Congress to take immediate and decisive actions to rectify this imbalance. Now, I wonder if they do change the law. Then Otani's going to have to pay it. Doesn't matter when he signed his contract, okay? Still 98 millions. The guy's making a, a lot of money. George is here. George, I said hi to George already, but great to see you, George. Siri, Jose Siri, sneaky decent. You know, I didn't have a chance to look up Jose Siri. I probably could have focused my attention on Siri, but let's take a look at Jose Siri. He's on the list, which makes you just want to know where's he going in these uh drafts that are taking place so far and that's why i go straight to rotowire and i can tell you all kinds of information immediately okay he's going 314 overall this is another guy 314 adp he hit 25 homers last year and stole 12 bases huh so this guy must Let's see. I don't have time to do that research, but let's move on. We're talking about the Red Sox now. So for my fellow Red Sox insiders, here's what we got. The pitchers and catchers report in a month, about a month. The Red Sox rotation does not have a lefty. In fact, the lefties, they only have one on their entire roster. The Red Sox need to address their problem with a lack of lefties, not only in the pitching department, but also on the offense. They have Giolito, Pavetta, Brian Bello, Tanner Houck, and Cutter Crawford. You look at that rotation. I saw I saw a poll on the X, and it was just crazy because these people think that the Red Sox have better rotation than the Tampa Bay Rays. And I get that the Rays have injured guys. But you're going to have to do a lot more work to say that you have better pitching than the Rays. Specifically just because the Rays are better with pitching than the Red Sox have been. Here's the targets for the Red Sox though. It doesn't take a, a doctorate to figure out that the Red Sox need a guy that's a lefty. They could trade for Corbin Burns. They could sign Jordan Montgomery. If they did both of those things, King Hap, would you... Forgive the Red Sox for taking too long because if they added Montgomery and Burns, that's a difference maker, right? Now, these are the two lefties that are available still. Yes, Leonard. Okay. <laughs> oh, Danny Fuller says, Otani is grandfathered in with his contract. It's going to affect any other deals, but it will not pass 
no matter what they do. But Danny Fuller did add that the California government is a joke. Well, that's what you guys get when you vote for commies. Okay. okay Chris Sale's a lefty. Oh, Chris Sale's a lefty, but he's gone. He's he's in. Oh, that's right. He's, he's not there no more. So they could trade. So they trade Sale a lefty. Right. That's right. So you didn't know that tidbit, right? That's great. All right. Michael Bush. Let's talk about Michael Bush. Now that he's with the Cubs, he will get an opportunity. So that's why I took some time out and I looked at Michael Bush. He's going to qualify entering the season at third base, but he will play first base mainly. So it doesn't really matter what he plays. It matters to fantasy managers what he qualifies for entering the season and with this one it's going to be third base but he will qualify he might already qualify at both third and first but definitely third they say he's going to get some playing time in Chicago now they say that his OBP this guy gets on base like crazy in the minors now I'd like to point out that it is just the minors because he didn't have a great time when he came up to the majors his batting average was definitely in the Mendoza territory but career 390 on base percentage in the minors with 25 plus home run power he did show improved contact skills and approach last year He's 26 years old. You do remember he was a first-round draft pick in 2019, and he finally will get a real shot with the Cubbies. Now, this year in PCL, the Pacific Coast League, the easiest league to hit homers, he batted 323 with a 431 on base percentage, 27 homers. He Now... First base, now it says that he played mostly second base in the minors, but has also seen time at first, third, and left. Roster Resource has him starting at first. One of the best things about this guy could be the fact that he qualifies at all these positions. Now it depends on what your, um, it depends on what your league is doing, but I'm, I'm going to give you a fair warning about this guy. While he is exciting, there's all kinds of hype on this kid, and it is causing his ADP to go up dr- dramatically and quickly. Right now, Rotowire has him at 479 ADP, which is a steal, okay? Absolutely, but you wait a week, and you'll see he's going to start being drafted crazy high, and that's why you have to take a step back and say to yourself, what am I willing to pay for this guy? Now, we talked about the arbitration deadline yesterday. 23 arbitration-eligible players did not reach terms on a contract and are headed to a hearing. Is that a record? I mean, that's crazy. 23 arbitration-eligible players said no thanks. We'll take you to court. And a lot of this has to be coming from that Otani signing, the Imanaga, and all this. These guys, Yamamoto, they're all getting so much money now. As soon as that Otani contract was signed, the freaking minimum wage went up drastically in baseball. So 23 arbitration eligible players did not reach terms on a contract, headed for a hearing. We'll see what happens there. Some of these guys are only like a few hundred thousand dollars apart. It doesn't look good on the team. It doesn't make the... 
it it does it's not a great thing to have to go to hearings on these things. Why does the PCL have so many home runs? Well, it's just I'm not sure the location has all the ballparks that are home run hit friendly. Malpel answers the question as our resident Californian. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Small parks, high elevation. All right. Jordan Hicks to the Giants. Four years, 44 million. And let me start by saying there isn't a better team in baseball if they're looking to produce a good pitcher in, okay, a good starting pitcher. We've seen the Giants in recent years Take these pitchers and make them great again. And that's what we're looking for. Jordan Hicks has been wanting to be a starting pitcher for a couple years now. The Giants do plan to use him as a starter rather than reliever. Now, Bob Nightingale chimes in and says that while the market has been publicly quiet on Cy Young winner Blake Snell, he still has multiple contending teams who would continue to express strong interest. I'm sure his his agent is Boris, right? Yes. Okay, well, he's on the phone every day. He, this is not because, just because the media vultures do not know about this does not mean that it's not happening. But the reason that I bring it up, because he also goes on to say that the Francisco Giants signing Jordan Hicks to a starter for four years and 44 million, he thinks it official, it all but officially eliminates any idea that Blake Snell will wind up in San Francisco. I'm not sure, but that's what Bob Nightingale says. Now, Jordan Hicks has the arsenal to be a successful starter. He's got three pitches. Now, depending on who you're talking to, they call it a sweeper, a sinker, a splitter. There's like all these new names. But he does have three pitches, even though he hardly ever uses them. He's really going to have to figure out his fastball command, especially against lefties because they're good at hitting his fastball. He's going to start uh, putting in more of these other two pitches that he has. But we all know it's very tough for a starting pitcher to be successful when they only have one really good pitch, right? Now, the fastball command is always very important, as, and it becomes more important as a starter because you use it to throw off the batters. That's why you – never mind. That was, Let me just tell you what else I have in my notes here for for. Jordan Hicks, let's talk about where he's going to start going in drafts. What is too high to draft Jordan Hicks? I, I get that he's exciting as an, a new starting pitcher, and his name is all over the news right now. One moment, please. Let's see where he's going. Of course, this is going to change drastically by the next Saturday baseball this is going to be a lot different but he ranks right now 342 ADP 268 overall there's a huge difference I would very much expect his ADP to start getting closer to his overall rank which is 268 329 ERA last year 81 strikeouts a 136 whip and a 12 saves now I mean look what do you guys think in the chat room of Jordan Hicks? Let me check it out. All right. 
Jordan Hicks, post 250 is when King Turd says to draft him. Sign Bauer, Rotorius says. He wants the Mets to sign Bauer. I couldn't agree with you more. I would love for Bauer to come to City Field. Uh, Malpal says Hicks is a guy who's hurt by his lousy control, and that's true. He has very bad control with his fastball against lefties, mostly. But when you're a starter, you have to face all the people. So, do you think that the Giants signing Blake or the Giants signing Jordan Hicks for forty-four million in four years—that's not very much, okay? Does that affect, in your opinion, the chances of the Giants signing Blake Snell? Also, Ken Rosenthal says that he doesn't expect the Giants to be asking Jordan Hicks to go deep into games. All right, first of all, we'll see about that. I don't get that. That's just a lazy thing to say. We don't know how deep he's going to go into games. In fact, I would tell you to watch him this spring, but you know it takes a while for these starters to get warmed up enough to even go four innings in spring training. So it's going to take longer than just the beginning of spring training to figure out if Jordan Hicks is going to be good deep in the games. It's not like it's expected of anybody in these day and age, but that was just seems like an easy thing to say for Mr. Kenny Rosenthal. Uh, Pete Alonzo. Let me tell you a little secret about Pete Alonzo, who I think is great. Let me look up his ADP. Alonzo, quickly, his batting average on balls in play was the lowest... It was it was two oh five, okay, two oh five. It was the lowest for a qualified hitter in a full season over the last thirteen years. Pete Alonso got screwed by luck last year. He still hit forty six home runs, drove in one hundred eighteen RBIs, drove in one hundred eighteen, and scored ninety two times. He even stole four bases. This guy's ADP is twenty eight, but he's ranked fortieth overall. It's still so early to draft this guy, but let me tell you what. His 217 batting average was an outside of the rule here. The batting average on balls in play, I know a lot of people don't look at it, but when you have the lowest batting average on balls in play for any qualified hitter in a full season over the last 13 years, then you know Pete Alonzo, I'm not sure I'd still draft him 28 overall, but... The Mets, by the way, signed him to a $20.5 million contract the other day just to avoid arbitration. Jim Bowden says the Yankees' agreement with Marcus Stroman now allows them to be able to focus on the bullpen with possible ads of Hader and or Peralta and stay within their planned budget range. How many of these teams really have this crazy strict budget thing going on don't they just want to win games okay Alonzo versus Harper is interesting I'm taking Harper in that choice every day of the week okay batting average on balls and play does not consider home run it only considers what it only considers what is hit in the park in as a fair ball so it's your batting average of balls in play. The Yankees with Marcus Stroman. Okay, so everybody's all excited about Marcus Stroman, except for the fact that Marcus Stroman has been dogging the Yankees for years. He's pretty sassy, if you get my drift. But regardless, we love sassy people on this show. <laughs> 
especially me. So we love and respect sassiness. Okay, here's the thing. Let me tell you what Marcus Stroman has done in the American League East ballparks. At Yankee Stadium, he's made 11 starts and he has a 6.06 ERA. At Camden Yards, he's made six starts with a 4.73 ERA. Tropicana Field, seven starts, a 3.94 ERA. Fenway Park, six starts, 3.57 ERA. And at Rogers Center, he's made 69 starts and he has a 3.4 ERA. He's the worst at Yankee Stadium of all the American League East ballparks. So that's what you got. You got a guy, he just signed with the Yankees. He's the worst of all the ballparks. He's got a 6.06 ERA and 11 starts. I know he keeps the ball on the ground. He would have been great for the Mets to re-sign. But no, he's going to be a Yankee. And now they just wait. So I doubt the Yankees are done. Just having a sip of my coffee. All right, so Francisco Lindor or Trey Turner. Last year, Trey Turner was being drafted number one and number two overall. Maybe number three. Couple years ago, I can't remember. I get my years confused with each other. But let me tell you, there's no doubt that Trey Turner was a first round pick a year ago. Now, Lindor, you know... I saw a lot of Mets fans being very annoyed at MLB because MLB comes out of, they come out with their top 10 at each position and stuff like this. And Lindor did not get the credit that he deserved and the Mets fans were not pleased about it. And they quickly pointed out that Lindor played 160 games for the Mets last season. That means he only missed two games. He had an OPS above 800 for the first time since 2019. He set a career high with 31 stolen bases and 31 home runs. He's only one of four players in all of baseball to reach the 30-30 club. His 254 average is the second lowest of his career. Maybe that's throwing people off, but who really cares if you're average is 254 that is nothing that's going to hurt any fantasy manager okay with what we have nowadays with the batting average department it used to be you wouldn't even be in baseball if you had a 254 batting average but now that's pretty good anyway Lindor had a career best in barrel rate 10.4 percent of the time and a career best hard hit rate 43.9 percent which is excellent 108 runs and 98 RBIs were the best among all shortstops. So if we're going to talk about the best shortstops in baseball, why is Lindor not number one? I know why. Sorry, turd. I forgot about your boy, Corey Seager. I'll agree with you there for sure. Okay, let me, I forgot about Corey Seager. How could I do that? Lit, our resident... Texas Rangers insider King Turd points out that Corey Seager was better than Lindor. And you're right. All right. So let me just tell you, I'll, I'll be fine if you rank Lindor number two. But he was actually ranked after Trey Turner, which is why we have the next group of tidbits on Trey Turner. 
Now, one thing we can say is that Turner played through an elbow issue all season, and then he did have surgery to have bone spurs removed in October. So you got to give him a little leeway for that. He should be fully healthy and plenty of time for spring training. Wait, that was that was Lindor. I wasn't done with Lindor. That was Lindor playing through an elbow issue all season, and he still did all of that. But here's my tidbits on Turner now. That's a part I would edit out of this thing if it wasn't live, but you know how we do it here. Turner was playing in the first year of a new huge contract in a brand new city. So we're going to say it's not surprising there were bumps in the road, but nobody, and I mean nobody, would have, not even his biggest uh, critics would have predicted that he had a 235 average and a 290 on base percentage. He also hit in the eighth spot of the lineup almost the whole season. Now, about early August, okay, we talk about the Philly fans and what they did. They basically cheered Trey Turner into success. That's, I mean, there's really nothing else you could say that caused it. He was in such a mental slump, but August, he got hot. He hit 337 batting average with a 339 on base percentage from August on. He had 16 homers, 42 runs, and 42 RBIs. He pushed his final numbers close to what he did in 2022. Now, I like to talk about how players end the season a little bit because it does seem like there's some more momentum to how they start in the beginning of the season. But I think that's grown into this huge thing where people are putting so much into a player's momentum that they're forgetting that the last couple months of the season is not the full season. So with Trey Turner, I would cautiously, optimistically tell you that he did seem like he was back into his game. Now, you have to question, is the worst of things behind Trey Turner? And you, if you think that it is, there's a good chance that he could have Go right back to what we drafted him for last year, which is we expected a 30-30 season, and that's that. Now, we do have a little bit more to go. We're going to go almost a full hour today because I have a couple more players I want to point out where Ryan Bloomfield on X pointed out the biggest ADP fallers, okay, from last year's NFBC main event to this year's last 10 NFBC drafts. So, where are you guys buying the drip? Now, I picked a few players out of this list to talk about. Ryan Bloomfield says he's going to draft Machado, Goldschmidt, and Bichette. Machado went from 15 overall to 70 overall ADP. Uh, Goldschmidt went from 26 to 88. And Bichette went from 13th to 40th. Now, I picked out a couple different players than uh, Bloomfield, and I'll tell you what, who they are. I did pick Machado because you know I'm the I'm Manny Macho Man, a Macho Manny's biggest fan. The problem is Machado enters the season with problems. He's got an injury to his elbow, and he's not expected to fully be healthy because it. He had a he went under 
he he had surgery to repair a tendon immediately after the regular season and the Padres didn't make the playoffs so who cares right the procedure carries a 4 to 6 month recovery which it does fall right about April 1st so will he be ready or won't he be ready we'll see at the start of spring Currently, Rotowire has him at 57th overall, but he's not being drafted till 70 overall, and he still did hit 30 home runs playing through injury. He played in 138 games. He played through elbow injury for much of the season. He also made 33 appearances at DH, but still obviously qualifies at third base because that's where he is the best. Now, the reason I bring up that he played DH is because if he's not fully healthy, or even if he is, the Padres very well could put him in the DH spot to ease him back in, okay? So that doesn't really matter to fantasy managers, except for the fact that having him as DH is going to get him into the the lineup. All right. He's ranked 29th overall. His ADP says 57, but according to the NFBC's most recent drafts, he's still going 70th. He's not going to steal you any bases anymore. Do you remember when when Machado was going to steal you double-digit bases? He's not going to do that anymore. Last year, he was not successful stealing bases. He, he was successful three times, but he got caught stealing twice. So basically, he was successful three out of five times that he tried to steal. And I'll tell you, he's 32 next year. I'm telling you not to rely on any stolen bases from this guy. So that has to hurt his... ADP, obviously. Uh, Malpal says, and Malpal is our Padres resident insider, Machado is ahead of schedule. And another thing about Machado, if anybody's going to be ahead of schedule, it's this guy. I think I jinxed him last year because I was bragging about the fact that this guy has never been injured. He's never on the injured list. Ten years playing, never on the injured list. Well, that changed last year, although he still played through it. We're talking about one of the toughest dudes in baseball. Let's see how he gets through this. And honestly, am I going to draft him at 70th? Absolutely. Am I going to draft him at 50th? Probably not. So there you go. I mean, you got to make your own choices here. But these are the players that have dropped significantly with ADP over the one season. Now, the next guy on my list is your boy, uh, Eddie Heckman, Cedric Mullins. I'm a fan of this guy. He's going to be 30 this year. His ADP went from 49th overall. Now he's being drafted 150. Think of that. That is a huge difference. We're talking a difference between the fourth round and the 15th round here. Okay. This is a huge difference. Now he struggled for a second consecutive season. He did have that breakout season in 2021. And this past year saw him struggle at the plate around two different stints on the injured list. He had a groin strain that clearly had an impact on his efforts at the plate. Now, despite these injuries, Mullins was starting to do very good. Okay, but his batting average fell nearly 60 points over the past two seasons. He Last year, we saw some... He hit 15 homers and he stole 19 bases. And also, by the way, he drove in 74 runs still. We're talking about a guy ranked 
96th overall. His ADP, according to Rotowire, is 121. His ADP, according to NFBC, is 150. You tell me that's not a great spot to pick out this guy. We do know that he has 30-30 potential, and I'm not saying that he's going to get that, but let me tell you clearly, there are not other guys that you're going to get in that spot at ADP that have better ceiling or higher ceiling than Cedric Mullins. So let's go, okay? I'm all in on Cedric Mullins, no matter what. The next guy on the list, Byron Buxton. For real, this guy, he goes crazy. His ADP right now is 214. That's about where he should be going. But you know, every other year, he comes back and his ADP drops hella low. And I'm all in on Byron Buxton once again. Because, again, his ceiling is much higher than his ADP. Last year, he batted horribly, 207, with 17 homers. But he's still stealing bases, no doubt about it. He's only 30. Yes, I know that the speed starts going first. But this is freaking Jazz Chisholm, okay? This is Jazz Chisholm Sr. here. No doubt about it. He underwent arthroscopic knee surgery in late September of 2022, and he did not play games until late in spring training. But he then, let me tell you the bad thing about Buxton and why I think that he shouldn't be drafted any higher than 215, and that is because he does not qualify in the outfield anymore. He barely played any games out there, and he's not going to qualify in most leagues. This past year, he hit 207. His on-base percentage was 294. And let me tell you the list of injuries that he had. Calf, knee, back, and rib injuries. His knee issue never improved, and he never played in the field outside of one rehab game in the minors. So he was on the DH the whole season. He did have surgery on his knee after the season ended to clear up scarring from his 2022 surgery that was irritating him. This is only the third season of a 10-year, $100 million contract, so the Twins will probably continue to use him as the DH only to assure that they get the most playing times. And King Turd does bring up the fact that the Cedric Mullins Got the platoon down the stretch last year. So we'll see about that. Great point to bring up for sure. How do you guys feel about Buxton? But you got to say you're taking Cedric Mullins over Buxton every day of the week, right? Another guy on the list, and we're running out of time. So I will go through the last couple guys on this list. The ADP for Eloy Jimenez, 194. This guy was being drafted in the first couple rounds just a couple years ago. He still hit 18 home runs last year, 272 batting average. He only played 120 games, even though that was the most games that he's played since his rookie season. He sat out 42 games, and that is significant, but it's a major improvement from the previous two years where he only appeared in a combined 139 games. He missed time last year. He had calf and groin issues, but like I said, 272 batting average, 317 on base percentage, 18 home runs, 64 RBIs, 50 runs scored. 
This guy is full of power, and yes, he only had a 169 ISO last year. That was the worst mark of his career. He's only 27 years old. He's going to be 28 this year. Here's the deal. 194 ADP, 93 overall rank. Absolutely. Eloy is a target in the mid-rounds of your draft. You could, I mean, this guy has a ceiling so high. And what's the worst that can happen? He misses half the season injured. He's going to still hit you 15 homers, okay? He's still going to do it. Absolutely right. Okay, King Turd says he's very high on O'Neal. O'Neal Cruz this year. Oh, wait. Tyler O'Neal is who he's talking about. And you're right. Tyler O'Neal, he has a chance to do something great now that he is away from the log-jammed Cardinals. Jake McCarthy, the one last guy on my list here. Jake McCarthy, Arizona Diamondbacks. Two home runs, 26 stolen bases, 243 batting average. Here's the thing. I'm not really going to uh, tell you to take a chance on this guy. One of the biggest thing is that he um, he's not going to get a lot of playing time. I bring him up because of the difference in the ADP here. It, it's huge. Now, Arizona just re-signed Lourdes Gurriel. So that is could push McCarthy into a reserve role, which is why I bring him up. His stolen base potential is the biggest asset that he has. We've already talked about a couple guys that have the potential to steal a ton of bases, including Fraley, Jake Fraley, all right? Even if he's a platoon player, who cares? He's still going to steal bases. Now, you have last year, the reason that his ADP is so crazy different is because last year... We entered the season with plenty of hype on this guy because he, let's see what he did. Jake McCarthy, 34 stolen bases in 2022 and 41 stolen bases last year. But the problem is 206 uh, 206 batting average against left-handed pitching. So he is a platoon guy and he is going to be hurt big on this okay uh he still he he still had 49 swipes since 2022 and he still only plays part-time his quality of contact is horrible so he's not going to ever hit you a bunch of home runs and as i mentioned already lord escuriel is going to keep that job over there in right field and he is going to be asked out in a platoon role a reserve guy 410 ADP his overall rank is very close to that so just as you know don't get don't forget about the hype on this guy but the thing is we forget about these hyped up guys so quickly that you can't forget about all the hype that did happen last year there is a chance that this guy could improve his batting Uh, skills and be the guy that we expected him to be and what he showed in the minors you know I just think that fantasy managers are so quick to disregard players that don't completely impress us the first couple years this guy is still young 26 years old not even in the prime of his life and one more thing before I go Charlie Culberson is going to attempt 
his career change. He will be he was he played 11 years as a utility guy. You know him and he was called upon a couple times to pitch and they said, "Oh, this guy can pitch." He pitched eight major league games with his fastball topping out at 94 miles an hour and now he's trying to be a pitcher. So we'll see if he can resurrect his career. I do think you guys are so smart in the chat room and I just appreciate all of the conversation that goes on. We have such a great time. It really is time to start getting ready for 2024. Uh, and for those of you who are doing drafts, Malpal says he didn't realize how thin it is until in the middle of the draft. He's talking about outfielders and I... I did a an underdog fantasy draft a couple days ago. The roster uh, construction is very different. You get three infielders, three outfielders, or something like that, three pitchers, and then you get like a bench of 15 players or something. I'm sure they're different in a lot, but these best ball drafts that I like to do over there for five bucks, you never know. You don't have to do any maintenance on your team. But I did absolutely notice that the outfielders were gone immediately. I mean, it did not take long either. There's plenty of infielders available later in the drafts. But that's what you figure out by doing these drafts. Best ball drafts, mock drafts, whatever it is. It gets you in the mood. It tells you how deep these positions are. And absolutely, outfield is something that you need to address right away. Especially if you got five of them on your roster active, because outfield dies like a quick death, right, Leonard? Yes, ma'am. And that's it. Lenny's see, Lenny's my biggest supporter, and it's okay. That's great that's for fantastic. me. So you guys have a wonderful Saturday. We will see you tomorrow, Lady in the Legend. And that's it. We appreciate all of you. Have a wonderful day.